Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world, with the most candid interviews. Don't let anybody get in your way, follow your dream. Do it the right way, be honest about it, do the right thing when nobody's looking. That's the greatest advice I can give you. Taking you beyond the ropes. The most exciting part about a golf game is the ball curved. Now we live in a world where there's no curve, it's pull or push and bombs away. I believe the complete player of the future is going to know both art and data. Unforgettable stories. Fluff would call me after a practice round and he would say to me, Peter, this kid Tiger Woods hits shots like I've never seen. This kid is unbelievable. And then Tiger would call like 20 minutes later and say, Peter, you won't believe this. I registered and they gave me a free car to drive. A bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose it's just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. What is going on, folks? Welcome to the program. Absolute delight to have your company as ever from wherever around the world you're joining us today. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. One and all. 3M Open getting ready to get started tomorrow, 2.30 p.m. is when we'll have the coverage for you in Golf Channel. Same time. On Friday, on the weekend, it's split between us and CBS 1 and 3 p.m., respectively, on both days of the weekend. A PGA Tour radio will kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern time each day this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and on Sunday. A number of big names got through the media center yesterday. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Tommy Fleetwood, to name a few. Uh, and it was interesting because w- when you – Hear from Brooks. I want to air this cut from him first to start things off this morning where we were talking about after we got done last week, he said, yeah, the knee was hurting him. It really hadn't gotten any better. Remember, we heard that he had an MRI and and it revealed the same. Well, here's what Brooks had to say about the knee to the media just yesterday. (laughs) I just need to play good. I've played so bad lately. Um, Yeah, just trying to find things every every week. I feel like it's you know, the results aren't there, but it's getting better and better. Um, my good shots are good, but, you know, I just got to bring that bottom level up. I've hit some real costly shots. Um, I seem to miss it short-sighted every time. And, um, you know, that's been kind of the, the downfall of why I haven't played well. I've missed it in very costly spots and just trying to um, figure out why that is. And, you know, if I can bring the misses up, um, I'll be fine. Brooks, what's the status of your knee? How are you feeling going into this week? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest with you, Sunday was the best my knees felt in a really long time. Um, I've worked with um, my physio, Mark Wall, quite a bit um, on and over the week. I don't know. You know, it was it was the first course we've played where it's actually been hilly. Going downhill, it, bug, it bugged me a little bit. Um, uphill's fine, and that was the hilliest golf course we played. So to have two weeks back-to-back, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, but, you know, obviously having an MRI on uh, – on Monday of Memorial Week, just to kind of see where things were at. And, um, you know, it, it really hasn't progressed, but it, it feels a lot better. Um, just walking downhill is a pain. Um, you know, it's where that patellar extends, and um, just had to adjust kind of going downhills. But um, on that Sunday was the best it's felt. So uh, it feels good right now. Um, I don't see it being an issue. Got my trainer coming in to he's, he's helped work on it um, quite a bit over the past eight months. and. Um, I think it'll be just fine. 
it's not an excuse for why I've been playing bad. I can promise you that. It's always interesting hearing from Brooks Kepka because you're trying to sort through what he said because at times it almost sounds contradictory, but it's just it's it's I don't think he's trying to do that. I just think that's the way it comes out. So then you have to kind of sort what it what did he mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean. So uh, my, our guest to try to do that and more is someone we love to have on the, the show, the 1992 Arnold Palmer Award recipient. That's for Rookie of the Year, Mark Carnavale, who will be a part of and lead analyst for PGA Tour Radio's coverage of the 3M Open this week. Carney, how are you? I'm doing great, but I can absolutely relate to Brooks. I have a uh, torn patella tendon in what? my left knee, so I know exactly what, what he's what he's talking about and what he's dealing with. And uh, well, how how long have you had it. the torn patella tendon? Well, I had an MRI done in June. You know, we had the whole oh March, April, May. I mean, I literally played golf just about every day, and I actually was having issues with my right knee, and I had gone into some physical therapy for that. And then I just was playing golf, you know, every day, and my left knee started bothering me, and went in and did some treatment on it, and then finally we did an MRI on it, so I have a slight tear in my left patellar tendon. Uh, but uh, I don't, I, I'm assuming it's either, well, it's probably partially due to older age, too, Matt. <laughs> well, you know, my question, though, Carney, is it, it, did you did you just do this, or was it something well, that was there and, and the increased frequency of playing just yeah. kind of revealed it? it that, that, it's, I mean, there's no way to tell for sure. Oh. But I would guess it's probably a combination of both. And what happens when you have that? You're the first person we've talked to that has a similar thing. Does it swell up, or does it? Did it hurt well, you walking down, or? Well, yep. And then it gives you limited range with your knee. Like I have, I can only bend my lower leg so far back, and because there's you know swelling inside, and the knee protects itself and creates fluid. Um, and I'm doing. I've been doing physical therapy now for six weeks, and I guess I'm just waiting for the doctor to say either, you know, we can go in and clean it up. But I can tell you it's gotten a lot better, and then basically what you have to do is you have to strengthen your quads, you have to strengthen your, your calves and your hamstrings, and that ultimately all supports it. So it's functional. I mean, I'm still playing golf. I'm not playing golf as much. But uh, over the last two or three weeks, it's actually, I've been able to go out, and it really hasn't bothered me at all. So oh, that's, good. Uh, that's, been, that's been good. So when it yeah, we'll when it was, what's that? Go go ahead. You say we'll see what, and we'll see whether or not you know the doctor says you know because it's there's probably just stuff in there we need to clean up anyways. You know, it's, I mean, again, I you know I turned sixty in May, and just a lot of years of <laughs> of using it, and I've never really had any big issues. Although the X-rays show that there's very little arthritis or anything in there. But, yeah, uh, you've been a yeah, professional athlete for thirty years. So, but yeah. so now the, the question I have is it, again, we're trying to we're trying to gain some insight into what Brooks is doing when it was bothering you on the course as a yeah. right-handed golfer, and you were completing your golf swing. Did it allow yeah. you to get through the swing the way you wanted to? No. Did you did you find that your body was trying to protect the injury? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and and, and the way that my physical ther- therapist explained it to me is, you know, athletes we'll figure out a way to make it work and whether or not, you know, you're not, you know, you're not hitting against your left side quite as aggressively. Now I'm not comparing myself playing with Brooks in any way and as aggressive and strong as he is, but we were sit there and there's a mirror in 
physical therapy area, and we're just now make some swings, and you could see that I was not fully, you know, trying to post up on my left side, and I was just it was just my way of trying to protect it, and mm-hmm. so it, it creates a lot of inconsistency in your golf swing because you tend to get forward of it, you don't you don't quite compress the ball the right way, but uh, it would just start to swell up and kind of. Uh, again, I, I was able to play. It wasn't it wasn't painful in the sense it was probably more uncomfortable. If that if that you know helps explain it more, I mean I wasn't like telling my knees like something would happen. I'd like have to go to my knees, um, where it like just you know took my breath away or anything. It just it was more annoying and uh, uncomfortable, so to speak. Wow, that's very interesting stuff. Just to give you guys an update, the British Masters is underway. There are four players tied at four under par atop the leaderboard. Ben Stowe and Ashley Chesters are both finished in the house at four under. Uh, Callum Hill and Eddie Pepperell both have a couple of holes left. They are at four under par as well. So, Carney, when you heard the sound from Brooks and you're giving us the assessment of mm-hmm. – the patella tendon and the pain that it causes, and then he then he said, "This is me trying to sort the 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 inconsistencies, if you will." Uh, it, and again, I don't think that's mm-hmm. what his intention is. I just think he's being honest, and then we have to sort it all out. But then he said, "Look, sure. it wasn't the knee. I'm just not playing well. I'm short siding myself, etc." What are you seeing from Brooks Kepka? Is it mental rust? But it was happening beforehand. Was it was it a combination of the, of the pain then and now? It's just a layoff now, or what? What are you seeing? I think it's probably a confidence thing in the fact that, you know, he's still probably wondering whether or not it's going to hurt. And, you know, that takes reps. It takes time. It takes trust. I mean, I, I mean again, I'm, I'm not comparing myself to him, but I know when I'm going to go out and play golf, you know, I, I, I would be hesitant to, to maybe make an aggressive swing because <laughs> I didn't want it to hurt. So I think it's it's a matter of just trusting it enough and allowing yourself to make the swing you want to make, and that's hard to do. I mean, anytime you have an injury, and it's no one, you know, you're not, as you said, he's not making an excuse for it, and I'm sure that he's gotten all the physical therapy and all the the, the correct uh, processes that he goes through to to make sure everything is good with it. But again, trusting is a whole different thing because you just in the back of your mind, you know what it was feeling like. And can you do it for a consistent basis? And I think the point he made about up and down the hills, absolutely that would be a factor. And for him, uh, and I'm assuming he's going to play this week and next week, and then the PGA Championship, he's got two weeks in a row, which is fairly flat golf course, both at TPC Twin Cities and at uh, TPC Southland. Not a lot of up and downs in those. So that's going to help him build his confidence. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think – it's 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 a matter of we're so used to him playing at a level. You know, it's like even with Tiger, we were so used to him playing at this level that when they don't, everybody, every pundit, everybody that covers the game, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And the reality is, as Brooks said, hey, I'm just not playing that well. And I think again, I think it goes back to confidence in believing that he can go ahead and make the swings he wants to without pain, without anything distracting it. And that's just that just takes reps, it takes time. Interesting stuff. Mark Carnivale is our guest. I want to play another cut of sound, Carney. This is from Phil Mickelson 
discussing what he's doing with the putting. Now, just so you and the audience know, <laughs> this sound was clipped from Twitter, and the cut of audio that they used clearly was from PGA Tour Live. So you can kind of hear different PGA Tour Live analysts speaking over Phil a little bit. So let's try to focus mm-hmm. on Phil Mickelson, and here he is discussing what he's doing. So I missed five putts inside six feet early on in the round, and then uh, I finally decided to go back to the pause. What's happening is my transition's getting quick, and the the, uh, putter face is is is, uh, not staying stable. And so when I pause, it's set, and it goes through usually pretty stable. And and I've had pretty good success the first day and a half when I used it, and um, certainly at the end of the day today when I used it too. So it just... It's not obviously it's what I want to do, but it's a great everything. drill that I've used that uh, I seem to be putting seem better be with right now with up. the drill than without. Okay, so Carney, that was that was Phil Mickelson, and, it, and it's always the same thing with Phil talking about trying to sort through what someone's saying and what they mean. It, with Phil, there's always this divide between what's the message he's selling and what is the reality of what what's really going on. Where do you fall in that? What do you see, and, and what is it? Well, I think it's like with any player, man, and of course, you know, it's. it's and most of your your followers and listeners, you know, have known Phil over his career. And Phil's will never shy away from doing something different. And Phil has his own logic and why it works and so forth. And uh, you, you can't argue with it because he's had some success. Uh, again, I think it's a player just doing something that gives them the confidence. And if it and Phil again, Phil is one talented individual. And Phil's a guy who thinks things, think things, thinks things through, and it's a drill that he uses when he practices. And he said, "Well, you know, I can do this in a competitive round of golf because I, you know, I can't keep missing these five or six footers." And I think it's it's a matter of uh, again building the confidence in your in a part of your golf game that once you get that feeling back and that consistency back, then it, then it, then it kind of goes away. And then, because ultimately, as, as you know, and anyone that follows a game of golf, if you struggle with a part of your golf game, at some point it exposes everything. Because then you put the pressure, like, like if you're, if you just can't make a putt and you got the yips or whatever you, you want to call them, well, then you feel like you've got to hit it two feet every time with your approaches and in order to do that, you've got to hit every fairway. So it ultimately filters through the entire golf game. And if it's a way for Phil to somewhat control his inconsistencies in the sense that he tends to kind of be all over the place at times, uh, that's but that's Phil. That just helps the entire the entire sort of masterpiece or the entire painting. In that, if he's able to fix that, then it helps with the rest of things. Fascinating stuff. It, it does. It better sense than what I got from what Phil was saying, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Mark Carnevale is our guest. Lead analyst this week for the 3M Open. Uh, it seems like for a lot of players, this is a week to kind of catch their breath a little bit in this sprint that we have to the finish to this season. Remember, we've only got these four events to go, and then we're in the playoffs from there. What do you make of everything that you've seen so far in this, and to use the cliche that people are probably tired of hearing this new reality? I think it's good. I think it, the reality is is that golf is golf, whether there are fans there or not. I think there certainly is an aspect of the competition that is not there. Now, I, I don't know if it's affected guys. We've seen guys 
and guys who admit they were nervous. They had to leave. They were still nervous. Uh, but I think certain players, and, and I would say Tiger would be one, Rory would be one, Phil is another one. Uh, and certainly all these players are affected by the fans and, and the cheering and everything and, and kind of getting them you know, built up a little bit. Uh, I think, but overall, I think the golf has been great. Uh, I think uh, it, it's it's not surprising that you know we kind of really haven't had any sort of out of the blue winners in the sense of guys that we know are not good players. Or yeah. and, and everybody that, that that's a bad way to put that. that that's that's bad on me. No, no, but I know what you mean though. You're not trying to maybe, insult anybody, but players we're not consistently competing to win. You know we haven't seen that, and it shows that. Even during that the down period, these guys were working on their golf games, and you know it's important for them to be successful. And the fact that the fans aren't there, it's unfortunate. But at the same time, it's the competition, and uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens going forward. But I think everything that the tour, the PGA Tour, has done is is spot on. Uh, it's you know we've now what is this, seven weeks. And I'm not even sure how many weeks it's been uh, since uh, Colonial, but I think it's seven. Is it seven, seven or six? Um, uh, yeah, it's it's not seven yet. Dom, you could tell us when he actually looks at a schedule, so we get the exact thing. But like you said, it's. I mean, time's running out. I mean, you know, fortunately, the PGA Tour, you know, made the decision. I think it was a smart decision to basically say, okay, we're going to play this out, but you're going to hold your position for next for the for the 2000. 2021 season and i think that was a good move they've done that on all their tours and i think that was smart uh you know something's well you know, i'm not gonna have a chance to get to the tour well you know what you've got to you've got to you know an entire year to improve yourself as well yep. so uh, i think you have to use that to your benefit and like with anything if if their players you know look at it negatively they're probably gonna have negative results if you look at it as a positive aspect uh then i think you can be successful but it's interesting. I mean, I think the biggest, to me, the most interesting part are are, are going to be the major championships. You know, what's that going to look like? Because I know through personal right. experience how much pressure a player feels. Is it going to be the same or not? I mean, it's still a major championship, but, again, you're not playing in front of 75,000 fans. and uh, it, it, It's interesting, but uh, I think it's been great. I think it's been good not only for the players, but I think it's been great for the game of golf. It's uh, Players have been able to showcase a number of different things and be able to contribute like the PGA Tour and golf always does uh, to charitable endeavors. And uh, I think that's all positive. To, to the point of the pressure in these uh, six weeks that have eclipsed, I personally haven't noticed a great deal of diminishment in the outward signs of pressure that we normally see coming down the stretch when yeah. it gets a little tight and, you know, putts left a little short or, or tee shots blocked right, except, you know, all the kind of universal signs you look for that, that the pressure is, is starting to impact the, the final throws of a tournament. Uh, what, what is your impression with what you have seen so far? And, and having said that, Carney, I shouldn't inform the audience that, when we say what Carney has seen, you're talking about being on site. You're talking about being lead analyst for multiple media platforms, et cetera. Have, have you seen any difference than what you would expect players to feel coming down the stretch with or without 
the galleries there? No, I don't think so because I think you've seen it. Um, you know, I have to jog my memory, but you know, even last week, I mean, John Rounds got an eight shot lead going to the back nine, and all of a sudden things mm-hmm. started going sideways, and you can tell that the you know it gets a little quicker, it gets this and that. Um, uh, and, and I'm trying to think back. I mean, even uh, I mean, I would say probably other. I mean, Bryson kind of dominated. You know, pretty much the whole weekend didn't. Although there were times when Matthew Wolf, you know, got close, but it it didn't seem to phase Bryson. I think we saw it with Dustin Johnson at the Travelers. You know, if, you know people I'm sure felt it was going to be a walk away. Well, next thing you know, boom, boom, boom. It's it's not a walk away. Uh, so it's, I think that what it shows, what it should show people to follow the game is that there is internal pressure. People think the pressure is external. It's not, it's internal. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, uh, let's talk about another big question mark in the world of golf before we let you go here on this Wednesday, Carney and Tiger Woods. It, 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 the the pattern was the same. He comes out, tells us he feels great, never felt better. He's been playing a ton. The swing looks great. Look at the last time I played. We all saw him at the match. Ba ba ba. Is that the same yeah. with card and pencil in hand? And he looked very much like he was rusty. He just, you know, he looked rusty. Yeah. Uh, the back at one point, he said tightened up a little bit. I guess that's going to happen. We have to expect that. But other than that, he, even outside those rounds, when he was loose and free, it, he didn't look like a world beater. He looked like a guy who hadn't played in five months. What are your What are your thoughts in terms of what Tiger is thinking now in terms of his competitive schedule, and what do you expect? Well, it was interesting enough. I was, you know, just and I and I'm I'm not a big person on Twitter. I follow it and I look at it. There was a thing I guess I guess he did with with Golf TV where he just put in this new putting indoor yeah. putting uh, deal. Um, we know he wants to play competitively. I, I think again, but it's hard for me to put myself in his position because I haven't had the surgeries yet. I don't know what he feels like physically. But to me, you don't play competitively for five months. Again, I think rust. We use rust to. Uh, Generally, mm-hmm. in that, well, you know, he has a, it's it's the competitive side of it. It's not so much that the golf game is rusty. I think it becomes more competitive. I think he just needs to play. I mean, that's I was surprised when you know that he didn't play two weeks in a row at, at Muirfield Village. You know, whether or not the golf course was a little different for the the work they chose to open the memorial, but it's a golf course he's won five events on. Uh, Again, I, I don't know how he feels physically, but as you know, with all the comments, uh, again, I think it's you have to wonder too. You know, does it the fact that there aren't crowds there and fans there is that affecting Tiger? Because you would hear the roars on the golf course. Now that's not there. I mean, was that was that sort of an adrenaline for Tiger when the crowds would get pumping and and everything was going up? Who knows? I mean, he's the only one that could answer that. But when you look back at his career and, and, and all the wins and how the, how, the, how the crowds and the fans have reacted to things and players, you know, you know what when it's a Tiger work. We've only got one sort of example of it, but to me, that would be something that, you know, could be an influence. 
Fascinating stuff. Well, Carney, we're looking forward to your work this week as ever. Uh, you can hear Mark Carnival from 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as lead analyst for PGA Tour Radio's coverage of the 3M Open. And we thank you very much for joining us in the program today. Good luck with the knee and the uh, Patel attendant and all that business. I didn't even know it was an issue for you, but we wish you the best. Uh, it's, it's going good. I mean, it used to be, Matty, I couldn't sit down on my back porch for very long and have a cup of coffee because when you know, your, your legs are bent, fortunately, I haven't had much problem with that of late. So it's all good. But uh, I may see you in a couple of weeks, by the way. Oh, um, where? PGA For the PGA Championship. Oh, good. Uh, we may be, I think, plan is, is we're doing it from Orlando. Oh, really? Interesting. So you're, are you going to do it from inside of our Golf Channel studio like CBS no, has been I, doing? I, I've heard we're going to be at maybe West Orange Country Club. And there's a big, they have a big room there. And it looks like we'll be there. Well, it, it sounds like a mystery right now, but I'm sure you're going to clear up all the details as we get closer, because if you're in Orlando, it'd be great to see you. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I was thinking about that. So I'll let you know for sure. But when I understand, that's that's going to be, that's the plan. Perfect. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for your time. All right, Maddie. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. It was Mark Carnevale, Jones, 1992 Arnold Palmer Award recipient. BenHoganGolf.com. Log on. See their wonderful product. I saw a report from... Golf Digest this morning, somewhere on social media. Iron sales, driver sales, golf ball sales are through the roof in 2020. Doesn't that sound odd to you? In this year of 2020, where we talk about anything and everything, we do it with caveats, we do it with asterisks, we do it by saying, yeah, isn't this a shame? Yet, Golf equipment sales are absolutely surging. Maybe it was the pent-up demand for the weeks and months the vast majority spent being unable to play. And I knew there was a lot of nerves from golf equipment companies through it all, too, because they were trying to figure out what do we do with the introduction of the new product? Do we try to clear the product through the pipeline before we bring out the new stuff? Do we keep our current stuff for another season? And I don't think all those answers have been had yet, but the, the getting to that answer is certainly going to be an easier path than what it looked like, and that's because sales are absolutely surging. That is the case with Ben Hogan Golf. It has been for some time. Last year when we introduced you guys to the PTX Pro Irons, they're beautiful perimeter-weighted forged irons. They took off. They sold through their, their production runs. That was you guys that did that. Well, they're continuing to do very well. In fact, we're going to give you a set of the PTX Pro Irons if you're going with us to French Lick in October. Everyone's getting a set that's playing. We can't wait. But you can see all of their products that they have, including their new incredibly gorgeous Icon Irons. Micromanufactured one at a time. Just for you. Direct relationship. All the technology. Incredible beauty. And it's just you to them. There's no middleman. You're going to save a 40%, 50% retail markup. You can trade in the clubs that you have. You can finance the clubs that you're buying. I don't know how they can make it any easier to do what they're doing. And you've got clubs you can slip in your bag with great pride because they say Ben Hogan on them. Yeah, baby. BenHoganGolf.com. So we're going to be joined by another guest here in just a couple of minutes. So I'm going to hang with you and not take a break and, and invite our next guest directly onto the program uh, because we're. I want to talk about some of the amazing things. We're here we are talking about equipment. I want to continue down this road, but talk about it in terms of some of the amazing things that the best in the world are doing with their equipment. And 
one of the one of the areas that I know I'm going to touch on. I'm just giving you a little preview here is the loft on their drivers. Low loft. I'll get to it in just a second. Frenchlick.com. You heard me mention that we're going to go there in October. That trip is sold out. Uh, but if you want to go to French Lick, this incredible resort, two historic hotels, the new suites that you can stay in if you want to, everything that they have to offer from the resort, including those two iconic golf courses from Pete Dye and Donald Ross. We're going we're gonna to immerse ourselves in the Donald Ross side. We're going to play Pete Dye too, but really immerse ourselves in the Donald Ross course when we get up there. You can check it all out whenever you want to at French Lick. Dot com And I mentioned this to you guys yesterday. It wasn't something that was part of their partnership and their campaign that said, hey, can you promote this? I just happened to see it out there, and I thought it was so cool I wanted to tell you guys about it. BridgestoneGolf.com. If you go on there, you can get what they call V-Fit, V meaning video. And you shoot your swing. I have a buddy shoot it. You shoot it from the angles that they instruct you to. You send it in, and an expert analyzes all types of algorithms of your of your swing. It's not a robot. It's a human being. They get back to you and they say, well, this is the golf ball you should be playing. But the thing that they're doing that's new, that's exciting, is that they're not asking you to take a leap of faith with it. They send you a sample of the golf balls you should be playing. And say, here, try it out. You'll see. How cool is that? BridgestoneGolf.com. Get V-Fit and figure out what is right for you. Very impressed with this gent's work in the world of golf. Jonathan Wall, he's the managing editor at Golf Magazine for Equipment. He's host of the Fully Equipped podcast. That's golf.com's gear podcast and more. And he always has fascinating insights, information, breaking news upon what the best of the best are doing. Jonathan, welcome to the program. How are you, my friend? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great. Where are you? Are you, are you on site this week? No, actually, um, for for the moment, not to, not to throw the PJ Tour under the bus because I understand the, uh, the protocols, but you know they're only allowing one one uh, journalist per outlet at the at the events. So okay. my my, tra- my travel schedule has has been uh, reduced to zero for the moment. So re- relying a lot on on my contacts who are on the grounds each week to kind of provide the the info that I normally get when I'm out on tour. When when I was teasing the audience about your appearance on the program, I started to talk about the loss of the drivers that, you know, Bryson and Tony Finau, you, you broke news on, et cetera. I mean, this is unbelievable. It, it, we, we've now lived through almost two decades of every indication in the industry, counsel from experts to say, no, you need more loft, not less. Get the ball up in the air and just let it hang and fly. And now we're hearing about incredibly low loft, sometimes five, six, seven, eight degrees of loft on drivers. Granted, you better be very skilled to keep it square at such a low loft. But what do you make of all of that? Yeah, you know, I, I think I go back to, to something that Gary Player had said years ago. Uh, you know, he mentioned that, that there, would, there would be a player who would come along at some point who would hit the ball 400 yards, and, and that player would change the game. And I think that's, that's Bryson. You know, we, we've been kind of talking about maybe it was Cameron Champ. I, I truly do think that it is Bryson. And the reason is, is look at what's happening here. We're starting to see some of his peers start to, you know, take notice and, and change their own equipment. You mentioned Tony Finau. I don't think he's the last guy who's going to be changing their gear to try and hit the ball out there like Bryson. So 
it, it is, I feel like this is kind of the next evolution in, in driver technology. I truly believe that, that we've hit the, the ceiling as far as what we can do with a driver. You know, you can only make the face so thin because the USGA is going to tell you that it goes past the legal limit. So mm-hmm. this, this is what, I mean, what do you have to do? You have to hit the ball faster. And that's why we're seeing more guys try and pick up club head speed, try and hit the golf ball like a long drive guy. But the one thing that the long drive guys don't have is the accuracy that Bryson is able to to impart on on the golf ball. So, yeah, I, I do. I think I think this is the next step is is guys trying to go long distance or long drive speed, but with the kind of accuracy you need for the tour. The irons that we've seen, and again, we're focusing on tour players for the moment, but the irons that we've seen uh, in 2020, and I'm thinking, you know, Ricky's new irons that he put out, et cetera. By and large, the shapes that I'm seeing look like very traditional blades, but it seems like hidden within that metal of tradition is new technologies, whether they're tungsten, et cetera. What are you seeing? What are your impressions of, of what you're seeing in terms of the, the iron technology that the best are playing? Yeah, this, that, that's a great point. And this is, this is kind of the technology that I think everybody can benefit from. We know, every golfer, whether you're a 15 handicapper or scratch, you, you are an, an aspirational blade player. Everybody wants to play a beautiful set of blades. But, you know, one of the difficult things about playing a set of blades is they lack forgiveness uh, and, and a lot of recreational golfers need that forgiveness to be able to enjoy the game. So that's where we're starting to see these these internal designs that that have an empty an empty space in the middle. Uh, typically, with a lot of the ones that are maybe for a ten or fifteen handicapper, with within that empty space is a really thin face. So it acts as a, a super hot trampoline, and and you're able to get the ball out there maybe you know ten, sometimes even fifteen yards beyond what your current set. For a guy like Ricky, you know, they're, they're trying to change the internal geometry uh, or sorry, the internal center of gravity within that club head mm-hmm. to try and get it closer to the middle. You know, that's one of the difficult things with a set of blades is, is with a lot of the traditional blades, the, the sweet spot on a lot of those was closer to the heel just because of the design of that head. So manufacturers have found that by using tungsten, you know, Tiger uses tungsten within, within his clubs. Now, he uses that more because he's trying to get a specific feel in a sound, but he also found that it has a, a dual benefit because it's able to shift that center of gravity, get it closer to the middle of the face. Um, now we're starting to see a lot of manufacturers find out that they can do that in, in recreational products. Cause for years, that was the difficult thing was how do we bring this product to the masses? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, now it's tungsten. Now it's these, these, you know, cavities within, within these irons. There, there are so many new designs that, that we are now seeing. And I kind of feel like this has become the future. Every major, major manufacturer is doing it. Um, and if you're not, it kind of feels like you're a little bit behind the curve. Fascinating stuff. Our, our guest uh, is Jonathan Wall, a, an equipment expert. He wor- works for golf.com. He's, his title is managing editor for the uh, anything to do with equipment, but also a host of their fully equipped podcast as well. Oh, is that is that something you're doing every single week, Jonathan? Is there a specific day that drops? Uh, you know, I, it, every week we, we try to release the pod, and I, I try and hesitate a little bit because some weeks it does change, but typically the podcast comes out for us on Thursdays. That That's our, our okay. normal drop date. And, uh, and we've, we've got, we've got some really great interviews coming up. Um, actually, if I can just plug a little bit of the podcast, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. We, uh, we, we have clay long 
who was Jack Nicholas's longtime club builder. Hello. And so Clay, Clay's going to be on. It's going to be a two-parter starting tomorrow. And, and Clay talks about his time working with Jack and also working with Arnold Palmer. So uh, a lot of fantastic stories from the gear side from Clay. And, you know, we, we try and kick around a lot of the, the usual weekly tour topics, the ones that I cover in, in, our, in my, the weekly gear notes that I write. And, uh, but the, the neat thing is, is that we have Tim Briand on, who is a, is a club fitter. And we always try and kind of bring back the tour news to the recreational golfer. You know, how can they benefit from Very this or cool. at least kind yeah. of look at it in a different way. So we try and have fun with it. Uh, it is gear. It, it's difficult to have fun, but we just try not to nerd out too much because we also realize that not everybody is as well-versed in gear as we are. Yeah, but it's fun when you guys do it. I love the fact that you gear, you nerd out, as you said, as much as you do. Now, when you talk about Clay, when you talk about Jack Nicklaus, Let's focus on that for a second. Here he is at 80 years old, but his name associated with the piece of equipment is still making news. I saw, again, another story you broke with the Mura irons that the, the, these two legends are coming together to put together as well. Do you have any background information on what that's all about, that effort? Yeah, you know, this this is an interesting uh, collaboration here. Uh if, if you look at, you know, if you're going to say who, who's who's the best golfer in the history of the game, you know, there, there are some debates there, uh, you know, Tiger or Jack, but but Jack has has the major benchmark, and that seems to be the one that everybody goes by to, to talk about who is the, the official goat, um, you know. But if you go into the the club making space and you say who who's the the best of the best, um, you know, I, I think there are some people out there. Some would say uh, Don White. Who, who made Jack Nicholas's clubs for, for years. Others would maybe say Mike Taylor, who was, uh, who was the guy at Nike who made Tiger Woods' irons and wedges. Uh, there, there's also Katsuhiro Mura, <laughs> you know, a, a name that I'm sure a lot of golfers are very familiar with. You know, the, the, the Mura name is kind of that, that premium space when it comes to irons and wedges. Almost cult and, status, you know? yes. For sure, no. It, it, there, there is definitely some cult status there when it comes to the Mira product. We've seen a couple of pro golfers. Uh, Abe Anser has been been using Mira irons now for a couple of years, um, and it just so happened that that Jack made a trip over to Japan to see the Mira factory. And while he was there, uh, it, it, not to get too far into the weeds here, but but on the grinding line at Mira, they have what they call the one chair position. That that's like the primo spot on the grinding line when it comes to grinding those irons and wedges. And only one man has ever been able to sit in that chair. And that, that is, that is Mira-san, Katsuhiro Mira. And while Jack was there, uh, Mira-san let him sit in the one position chair. And other than Mira-san, Jack was the only one who's ever sat in that spot. And uh, he would go on to say that it was the, the best day of his life. Mirasan was just completely blown away by having Jack at the facility. And that kind of started a dialogue between the two of them. And, and they ended up designing a set of irons that are designed on some of the, the favorite traits and aspects that Jack really liked to see in his irons, uh, a flatter soul, um, you know, just, just kind of some of those, some, you know, a little bit of a straighter leading edge, reduced camber, a lot of things that, you know, when Jack was at his, at his peak, he really wanted to see in an iron. And they were able to design a lot of these aspects into a Mira product. So this is the, the Nicholas Mira iron collaboration. 
And uh, it, from what I've been told, it, it's been doing really well since since it came out the end of uh, the end of last week. And so, yeah, this is this is an iron. It, it's kind of difficult here, Matt, because I'm not quite sure if I had a set of these irons, if I would play them, would I? That's hang what on I was going to ask you. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to ask you a question. What's the audience, and and what are they? What are people doing with these? Are they art? Uh, are they something that people are going to actually play? I, I was thinking this exact same thing. Yeah, you know, so so for people that are curious, th- this is a limited run, so there's not going to be uh, a plentiful number of of these irons out there. They're going to cost. I, they're not cheap. You know, they're they're two thousand seven hundred fifty bucks for a three through pitch set. So. Uh, you know, you, you've got to want these at that price point. But yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I've actually kicked that idea around myself. Just what would you do with them? Would you play them? I mean, th- yeah, people. Th- I say, think that's Jonathan because you and I kind of graze in the same pastures on this stuff, yeah. and I, I, I'll get stuff. You know, like your Titleist is always like you. We get a lot of samples, right? And right. Titleist will take a wedge, their new SM8 they just sent, right? And they stamp them for me. It says Maddie or whatever it says. Dude, I don't want to play it. I literally put them up on the wall. I, you know, they're just the art. The, the, the equipment today is such work of art that I, a lot of times I don't even want to destroy it by taking it out. Yeah, but you know, I go back to to a saying that I've heard before, which is "tools, not jewels." Uh, you know, and and they they should be played, but gosh, it would be very difficult to just even take one golf ball and, and hit it against that seven iron. So I, I get it. You know, I would say if, if I was going to go down the list and, and say what percentage of people buying these irons are, are putting them in a closet and, and keeping them safe versus playing them, I would probably say there are more that are, that are probably doing the former than the latter. Really? That's, that's fascinating stuff. Uh, Jonathan, it's great catching up with you, brother. I, I love what you're doing. I'm, I'm always excited to see the stuff that you're putting out there. I know you said it was nerding out, but we like this. All of us collectively like this, and I love that there's someone on the front line that's doing what you're doing. It certainly helps me and what I do as well with the information that you're coming out with. Thank you for all that. Thank you for your continuing efforts, and, and I hope that you, you feel free to join us as often as you want because I think this stuff is fascinating for all. I really enjoyed it, Matt. Let's do it again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. That was uh, Jonathan Wall, the managing editor at Golf Magazine for Equipment. He's also host of the Fully Equipped podcast. You can find it at golf.com, and and he's got a huge one with Clay Long coming out tomorrow talking about equipment with Jack Nicklaus, talking about equipment with Arnold Palmer. We have another guest coming up here in just a second. I'm going to jump right to as well, and this is a player that has won at every level that they have competed on, including competing today. So we're going to get to that in just one second. I want to remind everybody that Tour Edge is a partner of the Fairways of Life show, and we mentioned that with great pride. Not only do they have the EXS Pro line that the best in the world are clamoring to play, uh, they have a full product line that pound for pound is the best value in the game for all players at whatever level you are at. TourEdge.com, lifetime warranty. Let that sink in for just a second. And it's made right here in the USA, just outside of Chicago. Great value, great product, great technology. Ireland.com, you guys know that I'm an ambassador for Tourism Ireland, and I say that with tremendous pride. I'm very proud of my Irish heritage and the fact that we have an opportunity to show this magical place off to all of you, and that includes the best Lynx golf courses in the world. Log on to Ireland.com, and you can see it all for your 
self. So we've got another player coming up, uh, in this case, literally a player from, from Carney to this gent in just a couple of minutes. want to remind everybody of the broadcast schedule of the 3M Open uh, which will be tomorrow from 2.30 p.m. on Golf Channel. Oh, I'm going to go right into our next guest in just a second. Hang with us here. Friday, 2.30 p.m., we have it for you again on Golf Channel. Saturday at 1 p.m. on us and 3 p.m. on CBS. All of these times that I'm giving you are Eastern time. PGA Tour Live. 7.45 a.m. tomorrow, 7.45 a.m. on Friday. On Saturday and on Sunday, it's going to be featured group, featured hole, covered split between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Uh, Sunday, basically the same time, just a little bit later on the featured hole coverage on Sunday afternoon at 3.30. PGA Tour Radio, uh, the Carney will be lead analyst for this week, will kick off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time each of those four days. Okay, 1 p.m. Eastern Time each of those four days still to be heard from in the fairways of life show this morning uh tommy fleetwood i'm talking about coming back you know the british masters is going on as there's a six-week swing in the uk for the european tour in fact it's being played right now as we speak there's now five players tied atop the leaderboard at four under par stowe chester's hill lara fable and pepperell all at four under par they all are right now uh, sitting on a one-shot lead. And those names that I just gave you, each of them have already completed their round. Uh, absolute delighted as well to welcome back to the Fairways of Life show, uh, Kyle Thompson. Fascinating story for Kyle. I mean, to be able to say that you played in 375 tour events over an uninterrupted period of 15 years is an incredible accomplishment. To include in that, though, Five total wins, 11 runner-ups, 36 top 10s. That puts you in some pretty elite company indeed. The reason I say played in past tense is because those accolades, accolades belong to our good friend Kyle Thompson, who officially retired from professional golf after his 2018 season and traded in his golf clubs for work in insurance. The firm is called Gallagher & Company. But golfers never really retire, right, question mark? Well, he's in the field this week, starting today at the Corn Ferry Tours Price Cutter Charity Championship. I saw it online. I reached out to Dom and said, hey, dude, let's get Kyle back on the program, find out how life is going, find out how things are going, what his enthusiasm level is to be back at it, all that. What's up, Kyle? How are you? Hey, Matt. Thanks for the, the nice intro. Uh, I'm doing great. Life is good. And... uh a little sore. I haven't hit this many balls in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, first of all, how's the family doing? How are you guys making it through all this business? You know, we're doing great. The family's doing great. And, um, you know, I've got three kids, 11, 9, and 4. That's a huge reason why I decided to, to hang up the clubs and, and really uh, pivot my career and to, and to be home more. But um, everybody's great. You know, we've kind of been quarantined for the last – Gosh, man, it all blends together now, but, you know, like everybody. So uh, for three or four months, five months. And so, you know, I was looking at the schedule. I could have played every single event the start of the season, but obviously I'm not playing golf. But uh, I've been playing kind of decent back home. I thought, you know, I might just go take off and go play a week, you know. And so I saw that I was going to get into this week, and I kind of started cramming, trying to get my game ready. Uh, it's far from ready, but, uh, um 
I did win some money off a couple of young kids yesterday in the practice round, so that was fun. There you go. Maybe <laughs> maybe you snuck up on them at that. And I, I will get into the decision process and, and your your anticipation, your excitement, and all that. But just backing up from that for one second, you know, every professional athlete, certainly every tour player, is the same. And whether they're at the top of their game or whether they're struggling to find the rhythm again, there's some element of fear and insecurity that fuels that, that goes along with it. The what if I don't find what I'm looking for here? What if this pathway ends? You made a decision, a conscious decision to allow that pathway to take a turn into something else in your life. When you did it and you, you were settled and you had this new lifestyle, are you glad that you did it? And you understand what I mean, the context of that. I'm sure you're happy with your life and hanging out with your boys or your kids and all the rest. You know what I mean? But, I mean, are, are, right, right. did you find that, that the fear that you had at one point was not realized when you actually went to the other side? It's not the dark side. Yes. Uh, I, I, well, I'll tell you this. So when you're a, a professional golfer, because of, of just the nature of the, of the sport, you're never comfortable. I mean, it doesn't matter – I would imagine if you want a major, you would be comfortable because you've got, you know, five years of, of uh, <laughs> exemptions. But, you know, as a pro golfer, like, I just – you're just never, ever, like, secure because everything, you, you know, you eat what you kill. So um, that was something that I never realized until I stepped across the ropes to the other side and started working for Gallagher that, I mean, life is so stress-free now for me. It is such a great – Wow. Thing. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, you know, I definitely have my stresses and stuff, but it doesn't compare to being a pro golfer. I mean, it is the most stressful career I, I think you could have, possibly. And, um, you know, obviously everybody walks in their own shoes and, and they have their own experiences, but you just I just never felt like, even after I won a couple times, you know, after a win, you'll have a, a week or two where you feel great, you're confident, you've got, you know, 100 whatever grand in the bank, and but it, it doesn't last long and so you're always kind of chasing that next uh big big hit and so you know having uh, uh, some security and having you know a job that uh i love the people i work with and it's an incredible company and um it's just it's such a good feeling and so you know when i thought about coming out to play again it was just like you know what why not i've got nothing to lose it'd be kind of fun just to go out and see some of my old friends uh, check out my game, see what it feels like. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I love to compete, whether it's in, you know, obviously if it's golf for so long or whether it's competing to try to win new business with my new career or or if it's just playing, you know, chess with my kids or something. I just love competing, and this just gives me another opportunity to do it this week. Do you think, Kyle Thompson, that there's there's any chance? I know you're going to poo-poo this and go, no, no, I'm just coming out and playing. Leave me alone, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But do you think that there's any chance that because you don't have a bedrock of what if, call it fear, call it whatever you want behind it, that you're truly out here playing for the joy of the opportunity and the time and place? Do you think that may manifest itself in how you play? It could, but I, I'm not going to. Honestly, I haven't. I've probably played less than 12 to 15 rounds of golf this year. Like, I am not in, in you know, I'm, I'm really more concerned just about the ability just to walk the course and, and get around. I mean, I, I'll get around it, but yet just to, to be ready to play late Sunday if I was to play well, um, that's going to be a challenge this week because, you know, I've been sitting behind a desk for the last, you know, year and a half. So, um, but I can tell you, I did figure out a little um, 
little swing tip on Monday. Come on, baby. It, it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> a little so, something you're like, God, if I had that 10 years ago. Uh, well, I'm all, you know, you're always trying to find that holy grail of, of your golf swing or your putting or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, if I can get some putts to fall this week, uh, you just never know. I might might surprise one or two people. But um, now, I, I'm not getting ahead of myself. It's a, it's a totally different animal when, the, when they blow the whistle and you start the game and, and get out there and I'm competing, you know. And it, hopefully it's like riding a bike and it just kind of comes right back naturally. But What my hope is for you, Kyle, as a friend, I, I hope that you have the focus that you want. I hope that you find the swing and do what you want. But I also hope that when it's all said and done, you carry forth with the knowledge of you don't have to have this. So if it happens, you know, it's, it's not li- life or death. It's not make or break, whether you make the putt or not, which I hope actually helps you make the putt. But I got to ask you this, too. Now, I realize that communities, rel- they're always relatively small, and, and I know you're going to be extremely well-known in your, in your community. But has there been an occasion by some chance where you've met someone, you're trying to, you're trying to sell them the new insurance or what have you, and and you can see a flicker of recognition either physically or in name, and they start to connect the dots. Yeah, it's actually. Uh, I mean, we had a, a meeting last week with a large um, a large company, and the guy said the only reason I took the meeting is because I used to teach golf, and I knew that you played on tour. <laughs> so, well, wow. Cool. So yeah, it, it you know it definitely has its perks. Um, you know, playing golf for as long as I did, I met a lot of great people and. Um, it's it's you know it's it's a it's been a transition, but it's been one that I've really embraced. I really enjoy what I'm doing now. We're doing risk management services, so it's it's um yeah you know I don't I don't really go around tooting my horn to everybody that hey I'm a golfer and I'd like to sell you insurance. That just doesn't come off very well. I'm just trying to open doors, and I, you know I've got an incredible team that that do a great great job of making me look good. And so as long sure. as I can kind of get my team in front of whoever we want to meet with it we see it seems to work out well for us yeah i mean so. you are who you are your background is your background and, and if they want to talk about do- days in the pj tour whatever more power to them and you i mean you you deserve exactly. that you've earned exactly. it so there's yep. nothing wrong with that at all hey I, i'm not trying to get all up in your business here but i'm ju- just trying to understand something people see professional golfers on whatever tour you're on pga tour certainly and they see the trappings of celebrity they see the money and they see all the rest and now you're on a different the business private side of life but i don't think people always realize that travel expenses paying your caddy a chunk coming out for your agents all the things that net 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 against the money on the other side is there an equivalent for you are you are you okay by comparison yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It 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 is a crazy career that it looks really, um, you know, the top guys on the PGA Tour are obviously doing ex- extremely well, but it is a real grind, you know. And so, you know, it's funny around the office if if something somebody has a bad day or they lose an account or or say they you know nobody's calling them back, you know, they get really down. I tell them all the time, like, look, this is nothing. I've missed tons of cuts. <laughs> you just got to keep your head down and keep going. And, uh, you know, don't, you can't let the little things in life bother you. And that's kind of, that's kind of how I got through and, and competed as long as I did. It's like, I just, I'm a real grinder and I just try to wear people down, you know, like or, or yeah. wear the game down. And so, um, you know, as, as I've gotten a little older and, and I've had, I want to say a little wiser, it could be, completely misspoken but i um 
I really enjoyed the time that I had on the web tour, especially when, especially early on, it was so fun. When I look back on it, you know, playing with all my buddies before we all had families and kids and all that. And I, I had a glimpse into that yesterday when I played with these two kids that are like 24 years old and just the conversations they're having, they're having out there, like not even close to the stuff that I talk about with my peers right now. So it was really, uh, it was kind of a nice little glimpse into the future of golf and, yeah, the, the golf is definitely in good hands right now. So I'm, I'm excited to watch some of these kids that are coming through. You know, follow their careers, and you know, hopefully I can get out, and play, play some decent golf, make some putts. I've had a few top fives at this course, so you know, it it kind of leaves a uh, a good taste in my mouth, and we'll we'll just we'll just see what happens. So it's awesome. Uh, another question that may sound a little bit odd to you, and we'll let you go here because you're giving a ton of time. Is your wife happier now? Yes. Yeah. She. You know. Uh, it, it, I didn't realize, you know, I always thought that because I was out playing that, you know, she was doing her job sort of thing, what raising our three kids and I was doing my job out providing. I had no idea how hard it was on her until I was around full time. And we were able to, to divvy up more of those duties. And I'm so happy that I could be home to support her as she supported me through all those years where you know, it was really hard. I mean, Greenville, South Carolina is one of the hottest places on earth in the summer. And there's only so many things you can do with, three young kids and so um you know i've learned that quickly through quarantine it's not easy at times entertaining kids so uh it's it's been a really nice transition i love that i get to see all of my family all the time um you know actually this trip here for a few days was really difficult on my my youngest guy who's four my older kids are used to me you know traveling some but my youngest guy he he took it hard for the first day that i left so um it's it's a it's definitely great to be home but also like i said i love competing in a perfect world i win this thing and i come back and play maybe one more event next year or something like that just yeah every now and then a, a part-time tour pro would be great well i hope that perfect world happens for you kyle you know how proud we are of you love what you're doing uh, whether you were playing this week or not it's just it's a fascinating story it's a story of integrity it's a story about following your heart and you are doing that. And so we wish you great success with all of it. And that includes this week, but mostly it includes every day of your path and whatever you want to do with it. Thank you, as ever, for joining us. Hey, thank you, Matt. Very appreciative. Pleasure speaking with you. All right, folks, we're not done yet with the Fairways of Life show on this Wednesday. Big show. Uh, Dustin Johnson. Tommy Fleetwood. Still coming up in the program today. We'll be back with more of the Fairways of Life show right after these words. It's likely that the world's greatest Lynx golf courses will be the reason you will want to plan a trip to Ireland. And with over 400 courses to choose from, you're sure to find whatever you seek. But Ireland is about even more than great golf. In this ancient land, the past works hand in hand with the present, from cultural sites to castle ruins. Stay in a country B&B or a luxury hotel and spa. Enjoy inspiring local culinary choices paint and music at a cozy pub but most of all enjoy the warmth and hospitality of the irish people who will make you feel that you haven't traveled from home but have returned to it visit ireland.com to get started come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly french lick springs hotel where there's something for everyone from kids fest to shopping bowling golf and other outdoor activities or at the west baden springs hotel you can wrap yourself in old world elegance Visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, 
Finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. At FootJoy, they know the swing starts from the ground up, so you can take on those uphill, downhill, and sidehill lies. That's why FJ provides footwear that you need for superior traction and stability on every shot. Whether it's the all-new Pro SL, the hottest shoe on tour, or the max performance of the all-new Tour X, the all-around comfort and performance of FJ Fury, FJ offers a shoe for every player because finding the right shoe for your game matters. Shop now at FootJoy.com. Tour Edge continues their meteoric rise in 2020. Over 90 different tour pros have put Tour Edge into their bag, including staffers Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman, Tim Petrovic, and Duffy Waldorf. Tour Edge makes clubs for every player type, and they set themselves apart with their unprecedented 48-hour delivery on custom-fit orders and by offering a lifetime warranty and by building their clubs in the good old U.S. of A. Visit TourEdge.com to learn more about their new clubs for 2020. Tour Edge, pound for pound, nothing comes close. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Hope you guys are doing well on this Wednesday. Play is underway already today, this morning actually, the British Masters. Remember, there's a six-week swing. And you can't compare it to anything else because 2020 doesn't compare to anything, right? So there's this new six-week UK swing. I I would love to see if they could just keep this going down the road. But in any event, this is day one, week one of that run in 2020. And now there are six players tied atop the leaderboard. I told you of the names Stowe, Chesters, Hill, Larathabel, and Pepperell, all at four under and in the house. Aaron Cockerell has reached the mark of four under par. He was still two holes to go. So we'll see if he ends the day atop the leaderboard. Great show so far. Great guest so far. You've already heard from Brooks Kapka talking about the knee. And, you know, I was talking about the, the comments that he's making that at some time almost seems to contradict another. And I'm not being critical of him. I think it's a reflection of him also trying to sort out what's going on and how he feels and etc. So that's all part of it as well. Dustin Johnson spoke to the media yesterday also. And when Dustin Johnson spoke to the media, I mean, he DJ's already won at the Travelers Championship since the tour has restarted. He gave us this update. Well, obviously last week was a bit of a struggle uh, for a lot of different reasons. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I've had some good practice, uh, you know, Sunday and Monday. And so I I feel like the game's in good form. I actually felt like the game was in good form going into um, 
the memorial last week just yeah I just I just struggled it's one of those weeks but um yeah I mean I still got a lot of confidence in what I'm doing I feel like the you know the game's there and so yeah I'm definitely excited and looking forward to this week obviously need to have a good week because I'd like to you know climb up in the FedEx Cup uh points list for sure and so yeah I'm looking for for a good tournament I like the golf course I think it sets up well for me a lot better than the last week's golf course but uh yeah so I'm looking forward to it but you know what he means by that. This course this week, it's, a, it's another Donald Ross gem. It is an absolute birdie fest. We're back to that again. And remember, Bryson is playing. So it's it's going to be another one of these weeks where we're seeing just, you know, oh, this is a dog leg right, this is a dog leg left. No, it isn't. It's straight from point A to B for these guys. You're going to see... Massive scoring, whereas last week was kind of like the giving its timing and all the rest. It was the U.S. Open we had yet to be denied until September, right? And now we're going to get right back to what was more typical of the start of the restart, I should say, of the PGA Tour. Now, one of those who is restarting at this point is Tommy Fleetwood. Now, we did find out that he spent the last couple of weeks hanging out on the Hamptons, (laughs) playing golf. It's uh, yeah, all of those. National Golf Link, Shinnecock, all the rest. But this week he'll be playing on that classic Donald Ross course. So here's Tommy Fleetwood on why he's not at the British Masters and why he's back in the United States on the PGA Tour and what it could lead to. Yeah, um, you know, first of all, it's been a beautiful family time. Um, You know, it would have been nice if sort of the time that we've all had would come under different circumstances and in the world at the moment. But um, for us, the time that we've had together... Um, has been something that probably, you know, will I ever get it again? Well, definitely not in the situation we are with Frankie being little and growing up and, and the kids growing up. And just, um, you know, I've never never spent four months uh, sleeping in the same bed uh, all at once for, for a very, very long time. So, that you know, that part of it's been great. And um, just watching, being at home and watching the season resume, watching the PGA Tour resume and watching some golf and... Eventually, it was always going to be my turn to come out, and you know, really happy to be here. Nice to see so many familiar faces, and uh, you know, that, that, that's kind of one of the you know, great things about the tour is that no matter how long you've kind of been away, you just kind of pick up where you left off, and everybody just kind of says, "Hey, like you, you know, they saw you yesterday or something." So that's been that's been really nice, and um, just getting back into that routine now of, of everything is is good. How seriously do you consider just playing the European tour events? It's different. PGA and other events here? It, you know, very, very tough. And I, th- I think, for, you know, throughout this whole period, there's been so much uncertainty in so many areas and nothing that you could take for granted. And um, the fact that we're able to play golf, whether it be in Europe or, or, you know, over here in America, I think we're very lucky and we're great. You know, there's a lot of people that have lost jobs and don't have the, you know, option to work. And we're out here, you know, get to be outdoors on a golf course doing what you love and getting paid for it. I think... You know, we're unbelievably lucky, and um, whichever that situation was, there was never, you know, there there was never like a a right one or one that I would be pressed to choose. I just think that, you know, with the the way the golfing calendar is, the majors and WGCs, the FedEx, it was um, likely that I was going to play, you know, I was going to come over here and play these, which um, I think is the right thing to do. 
Tommy Fleetwood, who'll be playing this week, one of the featured groups as well. We'll talk more about the featured groups, obviously, tomorrow at 7.45 a.m. is when Eastern Time is when PGA Tour Live comes on the air. So we'll be giving you more information on that, as well as more information on the British Masters. As I mentioned to you, there are six players now seven oliver fisher has just joined the party at four under par as i was speaking he's only 12 holes into his round so perhaps he'll finish the day atop the leaderboard as yet there are two opportunities to do the same coming from the four under group and that's not saying anything about anyone else that reaches that mark or beyond with aaron cockerell and oliver fisher both amongst the four under par grouping seven of them and the, both of those players with holes yet to play cannot wait to be with you tomorrow when the 3m open is underway until then be careful out there be safe out there and we'll see you later on bye for now wearing the right golf shoe matters that's why footjoy offers more styles of shoes for more types of players than anybody else so you can get matched with the right golf shoe for your game on footjoy.com with the fj shoe finder by answering a few short questions you can find the shoe that fits your playing style and preference whether you walk or ride prefer cleated or spikeless ultra stable or flexible if you need a narrow or wide or extra wide Footjoy offers the most styles for the most players and can match you with a golf shoe that's right for you. Does your golf shoe match your game? Find out with the FJ Shoe Finder. Visit footjoy.com slash shoe finder today. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products, so I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also to have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with thegolftravelgroup.com. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micromanufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour quality products and factory direct prices. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. 
Three internationally acclaimed link-style courses by Golf Architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dove, Bill Kaur, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before, with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes, towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected. Streamsongresort.com. 